Hi, I'm Matt Kirkegaard, and thanks to Cry Malt, this is Beer is a Conversation. A lot of great stories come out of the Australian International Beer Awards each year, and none more so than this week's guest. Pete Mitchum recently caught up with Chris Domagala, who brews with our good friend Steve Hendo Henderson at little-known Melbourne brewery, Brownstone Microbrewery. Brownstone surprised many, including Chris, when it was awarded the Gary Shepherd Trophy for Best New Exhibitor and a gold medal for Chris's Pale Ale at the recent Australian International Beer Awards. Craft brewing is an industry that inspires many a home brewer to say, I want to do that. And in many ways, Chris typifies the journey that many of them are on in following their passion. A programmer and app developer by profession, Chris has immersed himself in the beer world as a long-time member of the Brisbane Amateur Beer Brewers Club, where he also served as brewmaster, not to mention won awards for his brews. He has stewarded at the Queensland Amateur Brewing Championships and the AIBAs and done work experience at breweries in Queensland and his new hometown of Melbourne. He recently put his programming career on hold and now divides his time brewing at Brownstone and working the bar at Stomping Ground while he makes plans for his own brewery. This is a great chat with a wonderful guy and I'm sure you'll enjoy the conversation. And joining me this week on Beer is a Conversation is the, well I can say multi-award winning brewer from Brownstone Microbrewery out here at the Atura Hotel in Dandenong. It's Chris Domagala. Chris, thanks very much for joining us on Beer is a Conversation. Not a problem. Glad to be here. Now mate, uh, let's go back to last Thursday, the Australian International Beer Awards presentation dinner and there were probably a few surprised faces, it's fair to say, in the room. Um, none more so than yourself, perhaps. Um, <laughs> it's even more fair to say. Because not many people will have known about Brownstone Microbrewery. Um, talk us through uh, your knowledge of the, the history of the place. Um, so my understanding is that the brewery was installed about eight years ago, the actual brew house. I had never heard of it until uh, Hendo um, tapped me on the shoulder one day and asked if I was uh, interested in getting some hands-on brewing work. It was a little bit out of the way for me, but, uh, but uh, the, the, the hours were conducive and I thought, yeah, let's, uh, let's have a go. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to, um, yeah, to work on a on a real brewery uh, as opposed to my home brewery setup that I've been doing for 20 years, and yeah, I think Hendo's been managing the brewing here for maybe four or five years since he moved to Melbourne. Um, he's had a few brewers move move in and out throughout that time. Um, the previous brewer, Ben Hetherington, was taking a job at Colonial and he needed another brewer, um, so I came in. Ben showed me some of the ropes, and Hendo showed me the rest, and the rest is history. Yeah, and back then, eight years ago, I remember when it first opened up because it, it came across my um, Facebook feed or whatever it was that, um, yeah, Cold, Coldwater Creek at what was then the Chifley, I think it was called the Chifley Hotel. Um, and so being a local, um, Dandenong, uh, for those listeners who are wondering, it's, a, it's an Aboriginal word that means it's not the arse end of the world, but you can see it from there. Um, so Chris... From you coming way across the other side of town, like you say, at least you've got to mash in early and that sort of thing. You're going against the traffic most of the way, so it does it does work quite well. Even though they're not a big production um, brewery, and pretty much is it 100% of the beers that that you're producing here, a port at that bar right behind us. 
Yeah, all the beers produced in-house are, are poured in-house as well. We've, uh, I think the first time we've sent kegs out of here was for the AIBAs last week or two weeks ago. Um, we are restricted. We've only got one 500-litre fermenter, um, so it takes about two weeks to turn around a batch, which means a couple of days a week for me to come in and out and check on the beer, brew, clean, keg. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's not a lot of capacity here to, to go beyond, beyond the bar. Um, and in fact, the bar is supplemented by a number of other other taps. Now, talk us through uh, last Thursday night. A couple of good-looking roosters up on stage there. Um, read out the nominations for uh, the gold medals for the Australian-style pale ale, uh, New World-style pale ale, and uh, the nominations are read. And your one comes up. What's what? What was the thinking? What what were the, what were you feeling then? So a few months ago, Hendo said, oh, you know, we've got the AIBAs coming up. Um, Hendo's telling me to my face that he's happy with the beers, but he, you know, I don't know what he's saying behind my back, but, uh, but he, you know, it's a bit of a vote of confidence. He said, oh, you know, why don't we, why don't we stick the beers in? I'm, I'm happy with them. Let's stick the beers in the AIBAs. Let's get some peer feedback from our, from our industry. Um, it's all blind, blind tasting. No one knows whose beer it is. Um, so, yeah, so we entered two beers, the... Um, the Pale Ale and the IPA, just expecting to get a bit of feedback, you know, hoping that would be above bronze, because, yeah, in my book, a bronze medal is a, is a good beer. That's, that's a baseline. You, you, you don't really want to be selling anything, well, in my opinion, <laughs> you know, something below a bronze is a, there's, there's something technically wrong with it, it you know, if it's, if it's not completely out of style. Um, so, yeah, uh, put the beers in, drop them off nice and fresh, keg, keg them that day, um, home ground advantage there, you know, being able to deliver them at the last minute. Uh, and, yeah, on the night, um, they, when, that got, when that gold medal announcement came up, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, beside myself. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it was, it was quite, quite a very nice surprise yeah, and good validation that, some, that the brewing I'm doing here is, is up to industry standard. I was speaking to Hendo before the awards and he indicated to me that the thing he was most pleased about, I guess, was that there was a noticeable increase in the, in the quality of the beers coming out of here. And that was his, led to his decision to, to enter the beers. Um, casting no aspersions on the abilities of, of those who came before, but is it um, just a better process? Is it um, a better skill set? Is it um, an emotional investment, if you like, in, in the brew house? What, what do you think has led to the, the improvement? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I know Ben Hetherington, the previous brewer, he's a, he's a He's a great brewer and he's going to learn a lot from, or well, he's already learned a lot from moving to Colonial, um, much bigger brew house, um, certainly learning a lot more of a, a wider scope of brewing. Um, what did I bring to the table? I've been uh, brewing at home for 20 years. Um, I, and I can almost do it in my sleep at, at home. Uh, so I've, I think I've got the process down pat. The, the brewery here, it's a really nice bit of kit. Um, very easy to use. It is, you know, at 500 litres, it, it's a, it's a scaled-up homebrew system, really. You know, it's, it's 10 times as big as, you know, something I've got at home. Um, the only difference is we're moving liquid around with pumps instead of um, buckets and using much nastier chemicals to, uh, to clean the thing with. Um, I think uh, I, I bring... I don't know. I, I, like, I like to say I'm, I'm a very disciplined brewer. Um, I'm quite analytical. I, I make sure I keep, keep numbers, keep track of things um, between batches. And look, Chris, I guess the reason I ask that is that, for me, Hendo is one of those brewers who 
um, despite the fact that I guess he's well known for you know the uh, the crazy kind of collabs with his with his brother, the the vinegar maker. So you've got the acid freaks and that sort of thing, and the funky names and the pop culture references and and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, Hendo is very much you've got to get quality right. If you don't have the process and you can't make a quality beer and you can't then repeat that, then you're not you're not really a brewer worthy salt. It's it's all well and good to come up with great names and really great artwork for your packaging and all that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, do you think it's 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 that that has kind of uh, why you and Hendo click so well together? Yeah, I think so. Probably. Um the fact that we're both from IT backgrounds might, might help as well. I, I don't know. Um, for those who don't know, the, the recipes are um, developed by Hendo. Um, so he gives me a specification to brew towards. Um, and, and yeah, we, we just really clicked. We, I, I, was almost, I, th- I think I was almost finishing his sentences when he was, when he was doing the handover of the brewing to me. Um, and, yeah, I think we, we both think alike. Um, and, yeah, I... As a, as a little bit of background, I guess, um, I think it was five years ago, so the, the, the brewery, the brew house has been here for, for eight years or so. I think there were times where they were sort of getting somebody in to sort of learn how to how to run it or getting somebody in on a, a needs basis sort of thing. Um, but five years ago was when they, I guess, more formally put in place Hendo as a, as a consultant brewer. That's where we're at now. Moving forward, is there scope, I guess, for you to... Because like, like you said... Hendo came in, set all the, the recipes in place. Obviously, the process is going really well and there's now going to be a little bit of critical acclaim and, and, and recognition, I guess, for, for what you guys are doing. So it'll, it'll put the, this little joint on the map. Is there, moving forward, an opportunity now for Hendo to say, Chris, up to you now. You come up with the next seasonal or, you know, is it a collaborative sort of thing? How's it going to work? Uh, I hope so. Um, yeah, he, he, he did float the idea um, a couple of months ago. Um, and yeah, it would be. I'd absolutely love, love the opportunity to you know see how a recipe, you know, a proven homebrew recipe of mine scales up to, to this size. I know you know it's it's not always linear. Um, and looking at going into my own business down the road, I yeah, I'd, I'd love to get that opportunity to, to see how how all those recipes that I've got at home might scale up to this this kind of size. Just on that, is there a possibility that, because I'm just imagining that even though it's only a 500 litre kit, it's, it's probably underutilised? Like you come down here once a week, once a, every two weeks? What, what? Twice, a, twice a week generally, yep. So is there an opportunity, if time permitting, that you can come down and, and technically, I guess, contract brew your own stuff on the system? Uh, the, well, the big bottleneck in this brewery is the fact that we've only got one fermenter. So um, once that's full, you kind of have to sit and wait until it, wait until the yeast does its work. Um, and the way the way that the brewery's been built in, it would be difficult to uh, to increase that capacity. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not sure. It's an interesting setup: two serving tanks and one fermenter. Um, if they had that swapped around, would be able to double our production output. Um, I. None of us were around when, when the brewery is installed, so I'm not sure what the rationale was behind that. But um, yeah, it's the way it is. I, I suspect it was probably one of those, you know, we bought it off the shelf kit kind of thing, and that's that's just how it how it was set up. Now, I guess my most important question that I've been longing to ask, and this is as, is as a result of the I guess the the post AIBA, um, you know, afterglow if you like, and both you and Hendo in most of your uh, social media commentary disowned the name. It made, in fact, made made great went to great lengths to say, "Not my name. I didn't make up the name. All that sort of thing." So the hoppy ending pale ale. If Hendo comes up with the the recipes, 
Hendo is the consultant brewer. He hands control of the actual brewing process over to you. Where's, where does the naming uh, protocol come from? Uh, excellent question. I do not have an answer for it. Um, I, the, the, branding, the branding that they've got here, they, they, they have obviously spent a bit of money on it, so they've outsourced, outsourced the branding and, and some of that marketing aspect to it. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's a reference to... Our Pilsner is called Little Brew Peep, um, so maybe there's a tentative tie-in with fairy tale kind of theme, but um, but the other beers, Rusty Sailor, the IPA, and um, Skipper Summer Ale, that you know that, that link breaks down a little bit. So uh, it is a little tenuous. Although I should point out that um, uh, the city of Greater Dandenong proudly uh, proclaims itself as as Victoria's second city. So after the city of Melbourne was established. Dandenong, even though it's a long way from the from the sea, I believe was used as a like a midpoint from the um, uh, the the timber forests in Gippsland. So it was kind of like a staging area where you'd change your horses and, and all that sort of thing to get um, the timber that went to make the wharves and the the docks in Melbourne. So that may be where that that link comes in. Brownstone, I can't because brownstone for me is a a New York um, like a regentrified apartment kind of uh, place. Yes, that's my understanding. And um, if you've come and seen the Atura Hotel, there's, <laughs> I don't know that there's many brownstones around here. Um, there, there are a lot of tilt slab construction um, warehouses and factories, and it's quite sort of industrial. I think the Atura is very popular. It's, it's in a great spot because I think if you have people coming down for um, either site visits or, um, you know, factory tours or you know, whatever it might be, it's a very convenient sort of place to stay. And between, you know, Dandenong, Cranbourne, Berwick, there's a lot of sort of light industrial, uh, heavy sort of commercial sort of stuff and manufacturing, all that sort of thing. So it's probably in the right spot. Um, how did the beers go down with the punters? And more importantly, what's the reaction been since the awards? Um, uh, well, the, the pale ale's been selling off the shelf. We're about, we're going to run out of it this week. That's what I'm brewing today to replenish the stocks. Um, We've, uh, we're proudly shown our uh, best new exhibitor trophy up on the on the bar shelf now. I, I think um, Brownstone's got a, a very um, it does have a local following. There's you know, locals that come here in you know week after week. Um, very popular on a Friday afternoon for knockoff knockoff beers. Um, the the beer selection here is is aimed at that kind of entry level or gateway or you know that that kind of uh, level of beers, there's nothing, nothing too crazy on the taps. Yeah, I notice at the moment. I think you're sharing the taps with Furphy and maybe another couple of James Squire or, yeah. or, or Lion brands. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's very much in that in that line of um, you know that, that, that style of beer. Um, yeah, it it does change throughout the week. There is there are a lot of business uh, or people who come here for business. I think they there's a business conference center upstairs. Um, so we get a lot of business people coming in and out throughout the week that I, that I see. Um, weekends, you know, we, we have functions here, family functions, and um, yeah, it just it seems like a it's a it's a good it's a good crowd. And you have that big advantage too from a marketing point of view. The brewery is, I mean, it looks beautiful, it's shiny, it's quite compact, but it's in a beautiful glassed area with more, more importantly a kind of a. A, a standing bar, yeah, all the way, all the way around it. So at least people can say, "Oh, okay, wh what beers are they that you know come out of there?" And they can go over to the bar and actually see those beers. So it's, it, it gives that nice sort of connection. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's always good when when I'm working here in the afternoon and, and evening. Sometimes you know, you know we get punters come in and ask. You know, they're, they're obviously homebrewers themselves, or and want to know a bit more about the you know what I'm doing. And that's always fun. I, I love brewing and I love sharing knowledge about brewing and and love having those chats. In terms of the actual brew house itself, uh, who I guess maintains you know uh, financial control and therefore I guess you know the like the the brand identity is it is it the hotel or is it the owners of the the hotel because I know the tour has, has changed hands a couple of times or changed um, uh, branding a couple of times as well what I'm getting to is you know can you leverage off the back of the success hey you know what another couple of fermenters would be really handy hint hint uh, yeah, we've been actually trying to get some more uh, kegs in our fleet. Uh, we've run, run out of kegs a few times, so we've had to um, delay production a bit. Um, so I think with the results from the other week, we'll we'll get some shiny new kegs on the on the delivery dock in the next week or two, um, just so that we can have more more of our beers on all the time. My, my one of the KPIs that I set for myself when I came here was to always have at least three of the. The, the three core beers on on tap all the time. Um, I've managed to get four of it, four of the beers on most of the time, um, and but yeah, running out of kegs is is a problem here. And just to so just to clarify, mm. the, you've got the the pale ale, the summer ale, pilsner, and the IPA are the four core range. Uh, summer ale is a is a seasonal, so the. The core is the uh, the pale ale, pilsner, and IPA. Um, summer ale in summer, and we've got a red ale, early mark. Um, the name name is early mark for for winter, which I'll be brewing after after this pale ale is done. As I do notice, you know, it's we're almost in winter, and we've still got the pilsner on, which I'm not complaining about, and the so, summer ale as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, the we did have to alter our production schedule a little bit to to get the ARBA entries in as fresh as possible, um, and so yeah. The, it's been interesting. I've, I've been getting taps on the shoulder the last few weeks or before the before the awards, saying, "Oh, when you're brewing early mark, when you're brewing early mark, you know the red ale, the winter, because people are, people are asking for it." Um, but then after we won the award, it's like, "No, keep brewing more pale ale." <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, what's next for you? You've um, you, you you've obviously now, I guess, you know, as I suggested, got that a bit of an emotional attachment now to the to the brewery and, and, and an emotional investment, if you like, um, but. Talk us through your plans you know, before this came along. Um, you and I have discussed um, as, as stewards way back, you know, mm. at AIBAs, that's going back four or five years, that you, you had planned to um, sort of get your own place, brew pub sort of style thing. How are plans coming along for that? Yeah, so my end goal has always been to have a place of my own, a um, little bar and brewery. Uh, plans are I formally put my IT, my programming career on hold uh, a year ago last week during Good Beer Week. Um, when I started working behind the bar at Stomping Ground to, to get a more of an understanding of the, the hospitality side of the business. Um, through uni, I, I, I didn't go down the hospitality route for, for my pocket money. I was, I was in, a, um, in a warehouse, so I understand that you know, good manufacturing processes and that, that side of the business, so I was pretty confident with that, that side of things. Um, so, yeah, I spent the last year working on a business plan for my own little place um, and just at the moment really waiting for the right location to come out. Um, we're, we're set on uh, the Mooney Valley area. That's, that's where I live. That's um, it's a bit of a... Well, there's no, currently no breweries within that city. I was going to say, it's, if, if you think the eastern suburbs is a, is a wasteland, um, that particular sort of patch, given that it's kind of... 
um, has undergone perhaps a, a, a slower and more genteel gentrification, um, but certainly it's it's changed. And for those who don't know, uh, Dame Edna Everidge, of course, you know, Mooney Ponds, um, it, it was kind of almost a cliche of a very sedate, urbane, almost austere, um, you know, very pedestrian, um, compared to, say, Brunswick, Fitzroy, Collingwood, which have gone through being, you know, very much the working class, almost slum ghetto areas of Melbourne, to becoming the cool, um, crafty, uh, hipster hotspots. Um, Mooney Valley area hasn't come under such... Uh, I guess, wild transformation. But it's certainly, it's very surprising that there isn't at least a brew pub out there. Yeah, I mean, it is starting. If, if you go just across the road from Mooney Valley Council into um, City of Melbourne, you've got uh, like Bonehead Brewing. They're, they're you know, practically on the border there. Um, so they're, at, you know, it's sort of creeping around at the edges. Just across the freeway from, from where I live in, in Brunswick, there's, you know, I can count at least five breweries. Um, it, it was it was an interesting it was something that really stood out when we moved from Brisbane three and a half years ago that um, Melbourne there are definite you know the locations have have a personality of their own and there's, there's a big cutoff between the, the different areas as, as you suggested um, whereas I think Brisbane bleeds a lot more more together from suburb to suburb and um, community to community um, so is there a, a feeling and I don't want to preempt any sort of you know uh, ins that you may have with council in any sort of way in terms of planning and uh, and approvals and that sort of thing applications but is it sometimes difficult when okay we don't have anything like this in our council boundary stuff so, so we're not quite sure how we're supposed to go about it is, is there like talk between councils how about let's just ring the bloke next door who's got 10 breweries in his patch and say what do we need to look at you know have you got a like a template I'd love to think that that's what's going to happen. Um, I know that what I'm doing is there's going to be a big challenge, you know, if, if we go ahead and try and open up in Mooney Valley. Uh, it, there'll be a lot of education to, to occur for, for, the, um, for the council officers and the councillors themselves. Um, at the end of the day, it's the councillors who approve the development applications. Um, so, yeah, I've been, I've been attending some of the council meetings recently and just to, you know, get a get an idea of, of who's running the show and, you know, who, who might be best to educate and, and give an understanding because not everyone wants a brewery in their backyard or, or next door to them. Um, I think they're mad, but, you know, yeah, but that's, that's what it is. And I think, too, the annoying uh, irony is that, you know, once you do, I guess, you know, break ground, it opens it up then for so many others to come in because it's, you know, you, you've done all the groundwork kind of thing and, and others will come in and, and kind of ride the wave that you've created. Yeah, um, and that, and I don't mind that. I don't mind, um, you know, more the merrier. Um, it's it's great having those little hubs. You know, you look at Brunswick Brunswick West with the um, three or four different breweries within walking distance. I, th- I think that's fantastic. And is the is the plan, uh, as you say, at the moment, it's to have a, a little pub, you know, brewery pub, brew pub kind of thing. Um, so pretty much, I guess, a a copy of what you're doing here at Brownstone. In in that, it's going to be just a, a small thing, just. Uh, providing beers for for your own venue, is there down the track the thought that you know what maybe I'd love to scale up and uh, and grow it into a, a production facility? Uh, no, I, I, I understand that there's you know that there's two models at work in in brewing. There's the the full production model and the and the brew pub where you, where you control where you sell most of of the beer directly. Uh, I think there's a really big gap in between those two models. A massive chasm. But is it really is it really difficult to be a bit of one and a bit of the other? Like, do you either need to 
really be a bit a wholesaler who who pumps out volume and therefore you're not making a lot per unit but you're making lots of units or where you cut out all the middlemen and basically you know have a line running straight to your tap from your serving tanks so you haven't got kegging you haven't got um, transport logistics insurance freight costs all those sorts of things um, I don't know if you're alluding to the stomping ground model um, the, my other job at stomping ground behind the bar um, I they do have a much bigger brewery. They're about four times the size of what I'm working on here. Um, they started off selling direct to direct to the bar. Uh, I think, but I think their end goal was always that that production. And I think too, for those who don't know, having the local tap house as well gave them even before they had the brewery up and running, they were able to brew beers down at Mornington and wherever else, and at least test the waters. Have, you know, have a, a venue to. To showcase the beers to see, okay, you know, do we need to tweak the hoppiness? Do we need to, you know, work the, rework the names, all that sort of stuff? So, I guess that, that that's a bit of an advantage there. But do you think, yeah, there's the, why is there that gap in between? I, I think it's just a, a, a scale and, and capital issue. I, I think you can get started on, on a re- relatively much smaller budget for for a brew pub, um, um, small amount of stainless and. But once you cross that chasm into the production brewery, you need you need a quality assurance. Um, you need yeah, a lot more staff uh, to run it. Um, yeah, some sort of canning or bottling line. Uh, you, know, you know the costs costs really add up. Yeah. There's also I guess the advantage which you're seeing here of that kind of the community hub. And whilst this isn't you know like a you don't get a lot of passing trade, but obviously uh, you look at the um, we've got Fountain Gate Shopping Centre not far down the road. We've got um, lots of factories and offices and that sort of thing. And so for people, you know, Friday afternoon, somebody's birthday, whatever, let's pop down to the, you know, this is this is the local. Um, is that the kind of thing that you really want to kind of replicate in your, in your own business rather than going that big production route? Yeah, yeah. So when I was developing my business plan early on, it's, um, it became apparent to me very quickly that the kind of beer drinker and buyer that I am is, is not going to be our main customer segment. Um, you know, us beer nerds are very fickle and always onto the next shiny new thing. And um, became apparent very quickly that my target market was the local residents and, and the people who come in on the way, on their way home from work or um, or on the weekend for for a bit of a bit of an afternoon out. Um, and and yeah, and it changes the way you think about what kind of beers that you brew for them to keep to keep them coming back, keep them happy. Yeah. The Gary Shepherd Trophy, obviously, the um, the irony of that is that you can only win it once. You can only be the best new exhibitor, you know, when you're actually new. So uh, next year, what's the plan? Looking into the crystal ball, can you see the um, the hoppy ending pale ale you know, being back there on the podium with a chance of, of winning the trophy again? Or can you see that you will have perhaps, you know, trained up a, um, a new intern? Yeah, that's a sixty-four million dollar question. Is when when we find a new um, or when we find a, a location to set up set up my own little little place. Uh, it, there's every chance that there'll be another brewer here next year. Um, when I signed up, I told Hendo I could give him I'd give him twelve months at least. Um, so I'll be here for another five six months at, at this stage. Uh, and yeah, but at some point we will have to start looking for the next brewer because um, the mini ponds to um, Danny Nong trip is it uh, wears pretty thin after a little while. Well, you can always listen to uh, you know Good Brews Week or uh, Beer is a Conversation or any of the other fine products that come out of the uh, the Radio Brews News Network. 
Yes, yes, and it, it is a good opportunity to, to catch up on all those podcasts. That... Well, Chris, I think there's only one thing left to do, and that's to uh, pop over and uh, grab a taste of this award-winning beer. Um, Chris Domagala, thanks very much for joining us on Beer as a Conversation. My pleasure. Thank you. And we're out. And that was Chris Domagala with Pete Mitchum. Congratulations again to him and Hendo for their win at the Australian International Beer Awards and I look forward to trying Chris's beers in his own brewery hopefully very soon. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can also find the Hot Products Australia crop report in the show notes as well. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation and we look forward to another conversation next week.